Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about testing. If you don't know me already, I am married to Daryl. We've been married for 32 years. We have eight kids, ages 17 to 30. We have eight grandkids, and we have been homeschooling for over 26 years. My most recent publication, I've actually written three books, but my most recent book is called The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and I would really encourage you to check that out. It was published by Zondervan, and so that means that you can get it at pretty much any of your favorite booksellers at Amazon or on my website, DorendaWilson.com. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm going to be talking about testing because I periodically get questions about testing and a lot of moms want to know if I tested my kids and if I think it's important or not. And a mom recently reached out to me and said this, I have been inclined to just teach my children to mastery. This is my second year of homeschooling. My children are in second and fourth grade, and I wonder if I'm doing them a disservice by not testing them. The only area I test is in spelling. How do you feel about testing? This was such a great question, and when I realized that I've actually never done a podcast on this topic, I've mentioned it in passing um, when I've been talking about other topics, but I haven't actually spoken directly and fully to this particular topic. So I thought it would, now would be a good time. So what I'm going to do is share with you my personal experience homeschooling our eight kids. Now, I'm not a teacher and I'm not an expert. I will say that I'm an expert in my children, just like you are an expert in your children. But really, I'm a mom just like you, simply sharing from my years of experience and my perspective now 26 years later. And just a side note, All of my kids are doing very well adulting, and they all did that from a very early age. So last week, I talked about math. If you didn't listen to to that episode, be sure to go back and listen. It's called Let's Talk About Math. I've gotten some great uh, feedback on it, and I think you'll be really encouraged by it. But in that podcast, I talked about how math is simply a tool and that each person is going to make use of that tool in ways that are relevant to their life. Do our kids need math? Yes, but only to the degree of its relevance in their lives. And because we as moms don't know how they're going to use math as adults in terms of their career, um, in other words, how it will be relevant to their adult life, We simply equip them the best we can without overwhelming them or ourselves too often. And we certainly do not sacrifice our relationship with our kids over math because math is a tool and our kids are going to pick it up and use it in the way that's going to work for them. Our job is to, as I, as I said in the math podcast, is really to make sure that they have mastered the basics. And that's what my uh, mom friend here was talking about when she talked about teaching her children to mastery. Now, if you've been homeschooling for a while, you understand that term, but maybe if you're new to homeschooling, that's sort of a new term to you. And basically what it is, is we're gonna, you know, we're gonna stay in this spot, this thing that we're learning until I'm confident um, that my child has has mastered this particular thing, you know, addition or subtraction or whatever. And um, that is a very, very good way to teach. 
And it, it really is very freeing because it gives us the our, uh, the time and the space to just be able to focus on something besides um, trying to get through the curriculum or get through the checklist or get to the goal. The goal needs to be mastery. I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. But math is a tool. Testing is also a tool. And when used at the right time, it can be very, very helpful. However, the opposite is also true. If a child is not a good test taker and or becomes stressed in the process, you are not going to get an accurate assessment. So this makes the the tool really not helpful. And it's not fair to, I just don't think it's fair to put our kids through that unnecessarily. So I'll just tell you a little bit about my experience. Now, I did not test when our kids were younger. And there was a reason for that. Because developmentally, I felt that there was too much risk of traumatizing them either with the process or with the results. So what do I mean by that? Children at young ages are typically not good test takers. Some will make a valiant effort, but it's pretty uncomfortable for most. And the truth is that I don't think that testing is the best way to know where your kids are at this age. As a homeschool mom who knows what they are and aren't doing in each subject and the one who checks their work, you know if they're making progress or not. And that was one thing I tried to focus on was progress over perfection. As long as there was an overall movement forward, I was content. To fret over whether it was fast enough by comparison was pointless because, you know, in my mind, as long as they were ready to graduate around 18, give or take, we were going to be fine. That means that I didn't pay much attention to grade levels. And I can't tell you how many times we didn't finish a curriculum, but just moved on anyway. Now, when I talk about um, progress over perfection and and then I, you're, I might have scared you when I said as long as they're ready to graduate around age 18, give or take, um, we were going to be fine. And the reason that I felt confident in saying that is because I knew that when my kids wanted to, needed to learn something, they would learn it. When they saw the need, the desire would be there and they would be willing to learn whatever they needed to learn. So that meant that if they didn't fully grasp every single multiplication fact in, you know, whatever grade they were learning it in, it would become relevant some other time down the road when they needed it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't great at percentages in school, but when I started shopping and when I started spending my own money, um, all of a sudden the percentages mattered. You know, how much off am I going to get on this particular item? And that's why letting our kids experience, you know, math, not just in the books, but in everyday life. Um, I talked about this in the last podcast, you know, where they earn their money and they, they spend it. And all of a sudden in the process of being a consumer, they learn a whole bunch of other things as well. You know, they learn that, oh gosh, this is a much better deal than this over here. And all of a sudden they're, they're, they're doing comparisons. They're, um, they're paying attention to details as to, you know, how many ounces am I getting in this versus this? And, um, we're teaching them 
or they're learning as they're as they're going through this, they're they're paying the cashier and they're learning how to interact with someone who's um, a cashier at a at a grocery store or wherever they're making their purchase. They're going to pay attention to discounts on things. So, um, our kids experiencing some of these things in everyday life is very, very, very important for it to really click for them. And that's why I was confident saying that, you know, I knew they would get there eventually, right? I talked about post holes in Alaska. You can keep, you know, going chink, chink, chink in the ice through the winter, or you can wait for the spring thaw and just dig the post holes in a fraction of the time. The same is true with learning. Kids will sometimes just certain things they just won't get, won't get, won't get. And then all of a sudden, they just get the whole enchilada all at once. So our kids aren't robots. And I think this is really important to understand. And and sometimes I feel like testing is sort of a robotic type of um, behavior or uh, requirement. And so I really wanted to stay away from that as much as was feasibly possible. And I'll share more about our experience with that in a little bit. But I just mentioned a few minutes ago um, about not paying attention to grade levels. One of the other things that I did, um, because that was really freeing, just knowing that just continuing to make progress, that was my goal. Like we're just, even if it's tiny little steps, we're going to continue to make progress. And as long as I'm seeing that, even if it's little steps, it's still progress. Because there's times you go through little, little, little steps and all of a sudden they take leaps when they're ready, like I mentioned before. The other thing that I did was, especially in the very beginning when um, my kids were young, I never really gave grades. You know, it was kind of like you got a bunch wrong or a few wrong or a bunch right or a few right. And so we would look at that and I would kind of look it over myself and and I would decide if I felt like it was too many uh, that they got wrong. And it was clear that they weren't getting a concept because that's really where you can tell are they are they really mastering this or are they not quite are they not do they not quite get it yet so so then we would just camp out on that concept for however long it took them to get it now every now and then we would move on without mastering it if it became clear to me that they might just learn it later when they were ready for it or when it became relevant so there's just there's a lot of different ways a lot of different things that come to mind when I mention that. So I think in the math podcast, I talked about um, multiplication tables and how I, I would just make sure that they had mastered most of the multiplication tables. And then I would give them a cheat sheet so they can move on in their workbook because that's how the workbooks are set up. Once you learn multiplication, then all of a sudden, that's a lot of what you're doing. It's, it's involving multiplication. So they needed to get over that hump before they could, you know, move on to the next thing. So the other thing I want to mention is there are some things that we run into, like in maybe in language arts, where they talk about diagramming sentences. Now, unless your child is going to be a math professor, um, I did not feel that diagramming sentences was important. So I gave my kids the option. So a lot of times what would happen is my kids who were more logic minded and liked that sort of almost mathematical approach to language arts loved diagramming sentences and then other other kids would hate it so i would just let them try it out i would explain it i'd give them kind of a basic thing um explanation of it and let them try it and then i would say what do you think do you want to keep doing that some would say 
yes, this is really fun and great. Keep moving on it. <clears throat> if, if they said, no, I really hate this. I said, it's okay. You don't actually need this for real life. So let's move on to the next thing. We get to make that decision as homeschooling parents. And I love that because my child alternatively could be in a classroom where the teacher had decided something was very, very important to her for some reason or him or one reason or another, we don't know why. It could be an arbitrary reason, could be their training, could be just something that they particularly enjoy. And they are forcing our kids to do something that they absolutely hate and in the process, killing their love of learning. And so that's what we don't want to do. So back to, to the grades, um, they're, they're uh, let me see where I was. Okay, so every now and then I would move on without mastering a certain concept if it became clear to me that they might just learn it later when they're ready for it or when it became relevant to them. That meant that a few things weren't mastered until they became, became adults, but it actually never really made that much difference. I can tell you that from experience. However, at one point, my boys asked me to start grading their work because I'd been in such a habit. My oldest two were girls and they were like, we don't care about grades. And I was like, I don't care about them either. And so I just kind of was on that role. But at a certain point, my boys said they really wanted me to start grading their work. And I was reminded at that point that overall boys have tend to have a competitive conquering spirit, which some, sometimes translates into a need to have a measuring stick of some sort because it's something to conquer. The difference in this scenario was that they wanted that pressure. They asked for it. They wanted that measuring stick. I wasn't thrusting it upon them and making it a stressful thing. Okay, so let's get back to testing. So I didn't really test them in the early years. And I want to explain that decision. I made this decision after um, an experience that I had with our oldest daughter. In the state that we lived in, which was Washington State, she had to test once she had completed, I think it was third grade, either second or third grade, the whole process stressed this kid out so much. I tried to keep it as light as I could, but she was just that her nature was just kind of a perfectionist and she, she was just a wreck and which, which stressed me out. I I didn't, I was like, is this even necessary? It just all felt so wrong. Like in my gut, it felt wrong. It wasn't just because it was uncomfortable, right? We, we, sometimes our kids have to do uncomfortable things, but you know, especially in those early years, when it comes to learning, I really feel that it should be very, a very positive experience because we can easily kill that love of learning early on. We don't want to do that. Um, And we can make up for, you know, any things that they, they kind of have to catch up on later. And, and they will, because kids are just, they're wired that way. They, they hit a certain point and they just sort of find a stride. And so you don't need to fret too much over that. So she was stressed. I was stressed. And um, I just decided at that point, you know what? I, this isn't worth it. And yes, it was technically a state requirement. Now, I don't think there's, um, a statute of limitations on this. I don't think they're going to come after me for this since seven of my kids are graduated, but I just didn't, I just didn't do it. And, you know, no one asked about it. If they'd asked, if they asked for a, a test, I would have gone ahead and tested her again, but that never happened. And, and actually in our state, um, this was one of the main reasons that I didn't do it um, is because 
I think this is right. I may be totally wrong, but my husband had a college degree. I did not. And it was like, as one of, as long as one of the parents had a college degree that somehow registered something with the state, it's been a while people. So I just kind of, from then on just did my thing. And so I don't actually remember, (laughs) and maybe they've changed things, things since then. Um, But at the end of the day, I just, I needed to do what was best for, uh, for our kids. And so that's what I chose to do. So the interesting thing about this was years later, I found out that there is actually a developmental milestone that happens around ages 12 to 14 years old. And it is when our children become more able to reason things through to the end so they can um, logically think something through to completion. So I can reason with them and say to them when they're older, this doesn't, this test does not make or break your intelligence. This is not important. Um, Whenever there was testing early on for whatever reason, I think occasionally some of my kids tested. I don't remember why. I think I did actually do a couple other tests with them uh, later on when I felt like they could actually handle it, uh, maybe, you know, nine or 10 years old. And I was just sort of testing the waters with them to see how they did with it. But I did not tell them the results. Uh, that was something that I just kind of put it out there like, oh, this is what we're doing for schoolwork today. And then I didn't give them the results. And I did that on purpose because I didn't have the results right away. I said, you know, okay, you're done. Go, you know, go do your thing. And I didn't talk about test results and we didn't discuss it. I personally kind of had, you know, it gave me maybe a little bit of an assessment of how they were doing. Um, But at the end of the day, I did not want them to feel that pressure, even at 10 years old. However, uh, I'm going to tell a story in a little bit that'll explain this a little bit more about why I feel like it's okay later on. But in terms of testing, um, I love what John Holt had to say. He said, it is not the teacher's proper task to be constantly testing and checking the understanding of the learner. That's the learner's task, and only the learner can do it. The teacher's job is to answer questions when learners ask them, or to try to help learners understand better when they do ask for that help. And the two books that I I love, uh, well, the one I love is Learning All the Time. And he's got several others. And I don't totally agree with everything John Holt has to say, but I love his hands-off approach. And he he was a teacher himself. And he happened to just really take more of a stance of observation and made a lot of notes of his observations about how kids learn. And he refused to do that in a classroom because it's not a natural environment. That's what he said. Kids don't act natural and normal in a classroom setting, but they do outside, they do at home. And so that's where he chose to study them. And he has a lot of really great things to share. But back to my point, I think it's important to understand that we need to really trust that gut instinct that God has given us. Um, Don't underestimate those mom instincts. You know your kids better than anybody. 
So moving on with my story, as my kids got a little older, some of them wanted to do some sort of assessment to find out where they were. Again, it was usually the boys, you know, that little competitive edge they wanted and just that measuring stick that they wanted. So that was one reason that I would do it as they got a little older. I mean, we're talking sixth, seventh, eighth grade, something like that. And another reason actually that I would use testing if I felt like was if I felt like a certain child could do better at a subject and maybe we'd gone head to head, toe to toe quite a bit. And I, I felt like they could do better, but they weren't convinced that they needed to work harder. And there was no convincing them on my part. They just, you know how you've got some of those hard headed kids that just don't really want to listen. They don't believe you. And so I would suggest testing to convince them that they maybe needed to, you know, up the ante a little bit. I would say, okay, well, clearly you disagree with me. So why don't you take a test? Why don't you take an assessment? Um, Because testing is like involving a neutral third party, someone who's not emotionally attached or emotionally involved. And these results would give my kids a reality check. So that, like I said, this is for that kid who seems resistant to our instruction and encouragement to work harder. Sometimes even just telling them, hey, listen, why don't you just take a test was enough to get them motivated. And other times they were like, game on. Yeah, I'll take that test. And so it was a reality check for them when they got the results. Because, you know, moms, the truth is we, we pretty much know, right? Sometimes I'm su- I was surprised by the results, but most of the time, It was pretty much what I expected and not what they expected. (laughs) Now, there were also some times when I felt like because I had so many kids, I needed a little assurance that I was keeping up. And again, not in the early grades. I don't really feel, I feel like that's such a, oh, those are shifting sands. Like kids are so developmentally at different stages and do, you know, like, they do these like little steps and then these big leaps and they're just kind of all over the map in the early years. And we just kind of need to give them a wide berth. So again, um, I didn't test them during those years for reassurance that I was keeping up. Uh, It was mainly like when we were getting into like middle school, maybe junior high, like sixth, seventh or eighth grade. And I would just ask how many of them wanted to be tested. And I talk about what it was for and Um, You know, just kind of give you an idea of where you're at. Do you care? Is this something you want to do? And I would just test the ones that wanted to be tested. Now, mind you, when I say testing, I'm talking about a very basic, straightforward test like Iowa State tests or the California Achievement Test. Um, These are just uncomplicated, straightforward, basic tests that I have found to be the most helpful. The funny part was that after they would take the tests, the results were rarely surprising. I pretty much knew how they were doing in every subject with an occasional surprise, usually pleasant, um, that they knew more than I thought they did. And that turned out to be affirmation that I actually knew where each child was in each area. So that affirmation was really great for me. And so in that case, I was using the tool mostly as a help to me, and it was actually helpful. So I want to share just a little bit of a a reason why our kids didn't do annual testing. So when our oldest was 12, they entered a parent partnership program where they went to classes once a week. And so if they were there for a certain amount of hours every week 
and I did like a monthly progress report and I had a, there was a consultant there who would go over them every month and, and okay them. Then we, um, we did not have to test at the end of the year. So I took that option. So that's why so many of the years our kids weren't testing. The first 12 years were very hit and miss, if at all. And I kind of already explained that. But from then on, um, that was why we didn't have to test. So fast forward to high school. Now my kids are in high school. And at this point, I felt like developmentally, they were ready to take tests and able to logically process the results. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. It gave me assurance that they wouldn't be devastated by the testing or the test results, but rather um, they were able to see them as a tool and not the end all. Like this isn't the end of your story. This isn't everything about you. This doesn't define you. And I mentioned earlier about not testing in the early years for that same reason, because there's no amount of talking that can reverse how our kids feel about the results at that age. Because at these ages, they don't developmentally have the ability to reason themselves to a logical conclusion. Like you can tell them that the results don't matter, but they cannot wrap their heads around that like they can when they're older. And that's when we can kind of crush their little spirits, crush their desire to learn, or at least inhibit it. We don't want that to happen. However, by the time they're between 12 and 14 years old, that part of their brain has developed. Now, I told you that our oldest daughter tested in like second or third grade. And then we stopped doing that. Well, fast forward to high school when she needed to take the state exams in order to graduate. She had her sophomore, junior, and senior years to pass, so she started early. She was obviously nervous because she she hadn't done a ton of testing, so she took the test prep class. Now, we told her these tests were merely hoops that she had to jump through in order to graduate. The results did not make or break anything in terms of her intelligence. So let me just take a little pause here for a second. She was actually earning a diploma from that school district. And if she was just getting the diploma from us, that testing wouldn't have been necessary. But because she was getting the diploma from the school district, she had to take that testing. And she actually wanted to. It was like a challenge at that point. So she was nervous. She took the prep prep classes. We told her they were merely hoops that she had to jump through to graduate. The results did not make or break anything in terms of her intelligence. And at that age, she could actually comprehend that. And she'd grown in plenty of confidence by then when it came to her learning and her intelligence. So she was able to take that with her into the testing, and she did very well. Now, during the practice sessions that she took, she just kept telling us how stupid the test questions were and how she didn't understand what any of it had to do with real life. She shared some of the questions with us and I, we had to agree with her. They were kind of ridiculous. But that was when my husband said to just give them what they want and move on. There are times in life that you just have to do that. And so she did that and so did the rest of our kids. You know, she kind of set the example and set the bar and, and they all followed. Now I want to just take a little side note slash soapbox here. Can I do that for just a minute? Does anyone else see the irony in having to take a test prep class? Is it just me? Shouldn't a test be a simple assessment of what the child knows and doesn't know 
or reels to find out what actually stuck? How much of that information do we take from the test into the next season of life? Wouldn't it be better if our kids knew more about how to learn and how they learn and to have a love for learning and, you know, like critical thinking skills and problem solving skills than the ability to just take in information only long enough to spit it out for a test? So much time, emotional energy, self-esteem and pressure surrounds so much of testing. I feel like it's a diversion from what's really important when it comes to education. So please, please, please don't teach to the test. Just dial in, dial into teaching to mastery, but also to remember what my daughter said. And I said this in the last podcast on math. She said, we have this idea that we need to teach every subject like we're teaching someone who's going to become a professor. And that simply isn't necessary. Not all of our kids are going to need all of the same things or need to know all of the same things. So I think the point is just not to let that pressure get to us and not let it be a diversion from what's really important when it comes to education. And that means you're going to have to hone in on your um, your parental discernment. I call it your mom instincts. And I share this in my book um, on pages 101 and 103 in the four-hour school. And I just want to read these couple paragraphs to you because I think it'll be encouragement to you. Parental discernment is being able to identify what's best for you and your child, regardless of anyone else's opinion. To grow in parental discernment is to develop sharp perceptions and good judgments, tuning into your kids. For Christians, discernment also means determining God's desire in a situation or for one's life as a whole, or identifying the true nature of a thing, whether or not it is good. That's what we get to decide as homeschooling parents. Trusting God for the parenting wisdom we need doesn't mean God won't sometimes use other people in our lives to mentor us in our parenting journey. But at the end of the day, it is we the parents who are ultimately responsible for all things concerning our kids, how they are raised, educated, and cared for. This is why it's crucial that we begin to develop parental discernment from day one. Again, that's out of my book, The Four-Hour School Day. So you're probably wondering now about states that require testing. Now, I can't speak to those of you who have stringent testing standards in your state, but I do have this little word of encouragement. If you get creative, there may very well be ways to help your struggling test taker pass the test in other ways. It's really about finding resources, which typically would be found in your uh, state or local homeschool groups. Pretty much every state has a homeschool organization. So find that organization and ferret out what you need for your child. Sometimes we have to dig very deeply and search far and wide to find something that's a good fit for our kids. But moms, that's what we signed up for, right? Now, I know that in Washington State, annual testing was required. However, there was another option that I don't think was typically mentioned or encouraged, but many of my friends used it. These were called in-home assessments. There are certified teachers who, instead of teaching in school, they do these in-home homeschool assessments. And this is what they do for a living. This is their job. 
And I know my friends have actually had wonderful experiences with them. It just seems to be very sweet and kind and homeschool friendly people who tend to do this job. So the teacher comes to your home. They spend some time with your children and with you. They're just spending some time with you and the kids, just talking and and with you and with the kids and letting the kids show them their work in a very safe, you know, a safe environment, a, a, a home environment, a place where kids are comfortable in their own home. My point is, in saying that, is that there are often more options out there if we actually search for them. But the best thing that we as moms can do is to pray first and ask God to lead us to the help that we need or to bring it to us. He is so faithful. I always go back to James 1 where it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded in everything he does. And so we don't want to be double-minded. We want to bring these things to the Lord and trust and expect and believe that he is going to answer us. Remember that testing is simply a tool. It is not the end all. It does not define your child's story. It is not the end of your child's story. As homeschoolers, you have the freedom and the right to navigate this in a way that works best for your child and for you. Like I said, testing is a tool, like a hammer, but it wasn't meant to hit you or your child over the head. That's not a good use of that tool. It is meant to be helpful when used properly. And if it's not helpful, we can get to the curb. Moms, these are your I believe that God will give you everything you need to do right by them. My only counsel to you would be to be sure that you are asking God for wisdom, direction, and resources, and not homeschooling or testing from a place of fear. Fear is a liar and a cheat. If you believe testing is important in whatever season you are in, and you're confident that it is the right tool for you and your kids, then you should move forward with that. If you're not a fan of testing, but absolutely have to in order to abide by the state laws, then trust that God can provide resources for alternatives. Be willing to put in the time. And if they still have to test, then pray God's protection over your kids. Pray that this won't inhibit their love of learning and pray that the tests will yield accurate results. At the end of the day, you know your kids better than anyone. And you can be confident in God's sovereignty and in his goodness. May we be faithful to trust him always, forever, even test. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I lift up these moms to you. I ask that you would just, um, just ring to mind as they process this uh, podcast and the things that I've said. Bring to mind the things that you want them to remember. I pray that this podcast was a huge encouragement to them. I ask that you would give them wisdom and creativity, that you would tune them into their children. I ask that you would pour a blessing over their homes and over their homeschooling. In Jesus' name, amen.